0: Welcome on to another week of this podcast. Today we actually have a special guest. First, we have Pastor Kyle here. Pastor, hey. Pastor Nolan, say hi. And but we also have the <laughs> Blessed Forward family on today. Um, if you joined on and you're hearing this now, then you are here with us in the Instagram live. So all 72 of you right now, thank you so much for joining on. And our whole goal today is just to answer questions that people have.
1: Yeah, we just recorded a podcast about the end times. And we said, yeah. hey, you know, because on your, your Instagram and your TikTok, you get a lot of questions on, on end okay. times stuff. And so yeah. we said, you know, why don't we just bring people on and we can start answering some questions.
0: Yeah. You know, one of the big ones that people are here talking about, and uh, we kind of hit it on the other podcast, but not really. But they want to know, one, what is the mark of the beast and – um. Will we see it?
1: All right, so that's a great question, and I'm going to give you uh, an answer to the uh, to the best of my abilities. Uh, I'm not a novice to uh, to Bible prophecy. Um, I've studied these things quite a bit, and i'm I'll just tell you right off the bat. I don't think, the vaccine is the mark of the beast.
0: That's a big question that everybody asks. I know it is. <laughs>
1: See, I am not, I'm not against vaccines. Uh, we all had vaccines as kids, yeah. right? We got polio and hepatitis and, and tetanus shots and tuberculosis and all that stuff. So if, if the COVID vaccine is another vaccine that needs to be added to the whole slew of stuff we've already been vaccinated from, I'm not against it. Um, I don't like personally, I don't like how fast it's come out, uh, that, that, you know, it, yeah. take, it usually takes years for vaccinations to, uh, to, 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 fully develop. And so that, that is what makes me more nervous than anything else. But I do not believe the mark of the beast is the vaccine. I was t- actually talking to my sister. My sister is also a pastor, her and her, uh, Her husband, they pastor up in the Sacramento area. And actually, my brother and his wife pastor in the San Diego area. And here we are in the middle, pastoring in Northridge. But um, I was talking to my sister the other day about the whole vaccine. And a lot of people think it's the mark of the beast and all that stuff. And my sister came, she said something really great. She goes, I don't think God makes it hard to find him. And I don't think God uh, uses any trickery. It's like, oh, you know, I'm scared of the virus. And so I got a vaccine. <gasps> oh my gosh, I accidentally took the mark of the beast and now I'm going to hell. <laughs> I, I, I I just, I don't yeah. think it's quite like that. I'll tell you what I think the mark of the beast is though. Okay. I am not 100% sure that the mark of the beast is actually a physical mark. Now I could be wrong on that, but I'll tell you why. Um, now now, in case I am wrong, if somebody comes around and starts saying, Hey, put something in your right hand or your forehead, I will respectfully decline. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because I, I but I don't think it's done with trickery. I think it's done in a wholesale um, giving of yourself to the things of this world. And that is what you are marked with. What your heart, what your soul, what your mind, you have chosen to mark yourself with that. Why do I say that? Because Ephesians chapter two says that we are actually marked with the Holy Spirit. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Doesn't the book of Revelation also talk about um, the mark that that God went through um, uh, and marked all the people that were his? Was that a physical mark or was that a spiritual mark? Yeah. And so why would the mark of the beast be different? Now, could it be, you know, an RFID chip? I suppose it could be. Um, But what it really what it really is at its core, at least spiritually speaking, to say the least, um, it is the mark on your heart of whether or not you have embraced the spirit of this world. It's I am sold out to this and this is what I want. This is what I believe and this is what I give myself to. You are now marked with that uh, with that understanding But you and I, we are marked with the Holy Spirit, right? Because we love Jesus. We are wholesale, completely given to Jesus, and he has marked us with his Holy Spirit.
0: That's a good answer, guys. Let me see if there's anybody that is adding on to this right here.
1: Oh, my goodness. There's no way we can get to all of these questions, (laughs) but we'll try.
0: Well, this one is saying, is the mark of the beast near? And should we have fear if it's mandatory? And I think this really plays into what we were talking about earlier. And I don't know if you want to give like a short summary to that.
1: Yeah, I'll give a shortened answer to that. Uh, Look for the podcast. We're going to be dropping one podcast every week for uh, starting next week. And so this is episode. um, uh, The one we just did was episode four where we actually talked about the beast, the mark and the tribulation. And here's a shortened answer of it. So the, the other one, was, the other podcast was a longer version of it. But here's a here's a shortened version of it. I do not believe that the church will be here for the tribulation. Jesus says, as in the days of Noah and in the days of Lot, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. So what are the days of Noah and days of Lot? They're extreme depravity. Yeah. People living in wickedness, people in their wickedness going on as as um, uh, business as usual. But in both of those instances, as with Noah and the flood and, and, and Lot in Sodom, um, judgment could not fall until the Lord had removed the righteous people. Yeah. I believe that is a picture of the rapture, that the, Lord, that the judgment of God will fall upon the world, as it talks about throughout the Bible, But I believe God will take out his righteous people. There is no need to fear, even if I'm wrong, even if we're here for the tribulation and and they have to, you know, it's either get the mark of the beast or die. There's still no fear because Jesus said, don't fear the person who can kill your body. Fear him who can cast your soul into hell. And the only one who can do that is God. Yeah. So even if, you know, in the book of Revelation, it says, don't love your life unto death. Jesus says, if you you try and save your life, you will lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, you will find it. The life we live in this body is temporary, but our soul and our spirit are eternal. And so we never are to fear because God's got this and nothing can separate you from the love of God in Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. I think like now that you're talking about fear, I know, you know, there's people, probably people are just processing the end time question. But there was another question that talked about how, don't, how, how could you not have fear when it comes to, you know, preaching or letting God use you? And when it comes to that topic, I think I have a lot to say on that. But I really want to hear your perspective of did God give you that boldness or, or, or were you scared when you jumped into ministering?
1: Um I think there there's a couple and I want to hear your thoughts on yeah. it too because you've got good thoughts on that yeah um I'll, I'll I'll keep my thoughts brief here. First of all, you live in the fear of the Lord and not the fear of man. yeah at the end of the day it's it's I am here uh, uh, every one of us has been put on this world with a purpose. You have been put on this world with a purpose, and part of our pro uh, our, our purpose is to tell people about Jesus. And so, I, you know, I preach every week on Wednesday nights, on Sunday mornings. I do it in English. I do it in Spanish. And I, I say some pretty hard things. I mean, you come to my church, you listen to me every week and yeah. I say some pretty hard things. But I, I, I made a decision a long time ago that I must, as Jesus said, I must be about my father's business yeah. and I need to fear him because at the end of the day, I will give an account for my life. And if I was too scared to do what Jesus called me to do, he's going to call me to account for that. And I don't want to have that conversation with him. Hmm. I I want to have a conversation that says, well done, good and faithful servant. Now let's move on with our lives. (laughs) You know,
0: I mean, I think even when it comes to what you said of good and faithful servant, that's really what I've just modeled my life out of in the sense of if you think about it, we have four words that we're living for. And these four words are either I never knew you Mm -hmm. or good and faithful servant. Yeah. And I've always said, God, I'm going to pursue those four words. I'm going to pursue good and faithful servant. And I know that when I started, my biggest fear was one in high school. I actually dealt with a lot of public speaking anxiety. I would Hmm. rather take an F than present to a class. (laughs) I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. But then that's where God really showed me it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with me. And when it comes to our weaknesses, I believe that that's where God wants to work the most. For me, my anxiety was crippling. I couldn't do, really do much in the sense of that or having people look at me. I mean, I was even in a time where I had to take, you know, for the last two years of high school, a test in a separate room because I couldn't mm. take the pressure of people around me and the thoughts in my own mind. And then when God really had me step into speaking, I remember that one of the first questions I asked God was, God, but what do I have a value to give to people? Mm, yeah. What words do I have? And I remember he corrected me cor- like instantly. and was like, what makes it think that it's your words that they need? Right that it was truly His words yes. that He was going to be giving out and and Him taking over. And so when it comes to what you were saying, like fear of man, you know, maybe you're in a place where you're like me, and you're like, I don't know how to step out or how to do this. When you put yourself in the hands of God and say, God, I am completely yours, you're giving Him full reign yeah. to do whatever He wants to do in your life, in your life, however He wants to do it. I mean, even being here on live, this social media wasn't something I exactly saw myself doing um, because of this, because of what will people say? What will people, you know, contribute? What will be their opinions? You know, and the, I got the, to the point, the, yeah. the answer to that
1: is, who cares?
0: Exactly. Is who cares? Exactly, and that's what <laughs> you know. It came down to where it's like it, I can really. I know it sounds bad, but I can really care less about the approval of man. Yeah. All I care about is the approval of God, even if I don't make sense. I know in the last podcast we talked about the foolishness of. Uh, not foolishness, but how Noah seemed foolish to the rest of the world. Yeah. But to Building a
1: boat when it hadn't yet rained yet on the earth.
0: Yeah. And like, if you just think about like that, like the foolishness of building that boat. And I think you said something like rain, like what even is that? Because it was something they were just not accustomed to. We have to be okay with looking foolish. We have to be okay with looking crazy because I want to be crazy for Jesus. That's the truth. I can look crazy to the world, but I am crazy in love with him. And because of what he has done in my life and because of what he has shown me and the grace and salvation he has given me, why wouldn't I want other people to know about Romans
1: chapter eight says that the glory that awaits us, I, I'm sorry, I, I got that mixed up. It's the, the, the difficulties that we experience in this world right now are absolutely nothing in comparison to the glory that awaits us. Yeah. And so, in other words, can you go through a little bit of a hard time? Can you go through being mocked, being eviscerated on social social media? Can you go through um, uh, persecution for the glory that awaits you? You know, I, you said something uh, uh, something similar. I said to the Lord, when you said, uh, "Lord, what what words do I have to speak to them?" I said the same thing. My very first pastor assignment. I was 22 years old. That was now 17 years ago. Don't worry about the math. I'm 39. Okay, now, <laughs> now listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> I remember it was like my first day of my first pastor assignment. Okay. I'm 22 years old. I'm, I, I was a, a, a children's pastor at a large church here in the uh, San Fernando Valley. And so I remember I didn't even know what to do in the office. I mean, I had graduated Bible college, but now this is real life. This isn't theory anymore. Yeah. <laughs> And so I, I, I was looking through the list of my teachers and I said, okay, let, I can start familiar, familiarizing myself with faces and names. I'll start there. And, and everybody was way older than me. <laughs> I'm 22.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and, and I leaned back in my chair just like this. I leaned back and I say, God, what am I doing here? And what do I possibly have to offer these people? And the Holy Spirit spoke to me very clearly. He said, if you had nothing to offer, then I wouldn't have put you here.
0: Hmm.
1: All right. Okay. Well, Lord, then I will take the deposits that you've put in me and I'll be fearless about about doing it. You know, several years later, uh, uh, I don't know, I was probably in my early 30s. I was the MC of a conference. And, um, I'd introduce the speakers and I'd lead ministry times and so on and so forth. And during the worship time, the Lord told me to do something. He said, have everybody take their shoes off. Oh, snap. Okay. So I'm going to go into a conference and I'm going to tell everybody, all right, why don't you just slip out of your shoes right now? And, and he gave me something to say is about Moses approaching the, the, the burning bush, take off your sandals. It's holy ground. And, and I said, Lord, really, really, I'm going to do this. This is so stupid looking. And what are people going to think? And the Lord just said this to me. He said, be strong and courageous. Mm. And I knew exactly what he meant. That comes from Joshua chapter one, by the way, be strong and courageous because the Lord, your God is with you. And, but I knew what he meant. And what he, he said without saying was this, if you are going to preach, if you are going to lead people, if you're going to talk to people, you need to be courageous in what you do and in what you say and courageous in your obedience to me
0: wow you know even what you talk about like if you had nothing to offer um i think that that was something that i personally struggled with of like you know what i said what do i have to offer and what god really showed me it wasn't really I amy mean, what can you bring to the table it's just can you give me your obedience yeah And, you know, when I worked in high schools, for those of you that didn't know, I was uh, I've been a high school campus missionary for the past four years. This would have been my fifth school year. And when people really talked about, okay, what's one thing that you would say that works in high schools? And then my answer would always be there's power and presence. You show up and the kids will show up. Yeah. But then as I started saying that, I was like, no, I think that that's what God wants. If I show up for him, he will show up for me. And when you give yourself completely to God and you say, God, here it is. Here's my obedience. Here's my yes. No matter what he asks, we can trust that God got our back. Yeah. And he's going to make things happen that are beyond our abilities. You know, I've always loved the saying, you know, he doesn't um, call the called. He, he, he doesn't um, come for the qualified, but um, he qualifies the, the called. called.
1: He doesn't call the qualified, yeah. he qualifies the called. He qualifies yeah.
0: the called, uh, something like that. But in that of the qualifies the called, I've always realized that, okay, you can have a calling, right? I think that everybody has a purpose, but very few people respond yeah. to what God is calling them to do. Yeah. And response is so key. I remember one time uh, one of my mentors told me, he looked at me, told me, Amy, you know that um, we weren't the first ones that God picked. Mm -hmm. I was like, I didn't know what to say. I was like, what do you mean? He was like, yeah, we were just the first ones that were crazy enough to say yes. Mm -hmm. And that's really what God is calling us to do, to say yes to him, no matter what he asked or how he asked it. Do I have your obedience and do I have your surrender in everything? I don't know if you have anything to say on surrender or what, to you what surrender is (laughs) or what that moment came to.
1: Well, surrender is just, it's saying yes and decide that you, that you love God more than you love anything else.
0: Yeah. And you really think about that? Like, ask yourself that question. Do I really love God more than my dreams? Yeah. Do I love God more than my goals? Do I love God more than my desires? Or do I love God more than my plans? because that's a, that's a big question to ask yourself. Okay, here's a good one. So, Pastor Kyle, I don't know if you've really seen like the idea of meditation and manifestation. Um, when you manifest the life that you want, it says, can I manifest the life I want and still be a disciple of Jesus and a son of God?
1: Meaning the life I want, like my own dreams yeah well that 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 just life. goes right into or right from the last question about surrender, yeah um what i what I understand is is can I have my cake and eat it too mm. <laughs> you yeah. know, can and i I suppose that that's a very nuanced question because what is it that you want, you know what is it that that you are if you say my what I really want is to what God wants for me. Okay. Well then pursue it, listen to the Holy spirit and and then pursue what he's, what he's told you to do. But it's like, well, I, I really, can I be a child of God? And, and I really want to be a stripper or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, You know, it's like, well, there's some things that are just incompatible, but I think at the, at the end of the day, what the core of the issue is, is, do I want what God wants for me or do I want what I want for me hmm. at the end of the day? Because you can want good things, but are those the things that God wants? Let me tell you a story of, of one of my seminary professors. Actually, this comes from Dr. Bishop Kenneth Ulmer. He actually pastors uh, faithful central Bible church in, uh, down by LAX. Okay. He's a wonderful, amazing man of God. But he told us a story uh, in in my seminary class of um, of when he was in college, and that he was uh, the the entire grade was about the uh, uh, the final paper. So he basically missed all the classes and just turned in the final paper, just to get the grade. Forget the class; I just want the grade. Let's move on with life. And uh, he said it was good paper. It was really good. <laughs> and so he finally got it back from the teacher, and and the, and it said something like this on the back it says great paper great thesis nicely written great conclusion grade f you did the wrong assignment wow oops <laughs> and that has that has always stuck with me and that goes right into Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 it says we are God's workmanship listen very carefully created in Christ Jesus to do the works that he created us to do that he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. In other words, there are works that he created your life and only your life to fulfill. I don't want to stand before the Lord one day and have him say, Hey, look, you had a nice life, but you did the wrong assignment that you couldn't, you couldn't trust me enough with your dreams. Mm -hmm you couldn't trust me enough with your life. You couldn't trust me enough with the trajectory of your life. And so you did what you thought was best for you, but it's not what I created you for. I don't want to have that conversation with God. I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Let's move on.
0: Imagine just walking that of like what you said, like you got the wrong assignment.
1: Oh my gosh. I can't even handle that. Whoa. No, thank you. And that, that actually terrifies me.
0: Yeah.
1: It terrifies me. Well,
0: not that you said it.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Well, but it terrifies me because it's like, wait, you mean I can actually walk through life and not fulfill the assignment that God had for me? Yeah. Well, then that, that requires me to listen to his Holy Spirit. It requires radical obedience And it requires radical surrender.
0: It does. Um, And when you talk about surrender, like the way that God can really use your life is crazy. Um, One question here is, and I really want to give the, maybe a a good answer to this. How do we reach souls more effectively?
1: Well, that's why we're doing this podcast. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And I really think that the question has so much to, with even thoughts that I used to have, of that work is set aside For the pastors. That work is set aside for the evangelists. Right. Like I'm just a church going person. Like that that's as far as my faith goes, not realizing that God really does want to use your life.
1: Well, you know what Ephesians 412 says, right?
0: Let's read it to them. It's right there, I think. Ephesians 4.12.
1: It says I he gave some to be past uh 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 apostles, yeah, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. What does that mean? It means God has given all the, these five gifts, the five-fold ministries is what they're called, uh, uh, apostles, prophets, pastors, uh, evangelists, and teachers, so that these people, our job is to equip the saints so that the saints can do the work of the ministry. And now the question was, how can I more effectively do it? I'm assuming that this the, that the person asking this Is um, asking for their own personal life. Yeah. Listen, I'll tell you, the number one thing you need is the baptism with the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the baptism with the Holy Spirit, it is available for every believer. And it is the power of God functioning in your life to serve. It's supernatural grace, supernatural power, and not just in the supernatural to see healings and miracles and prophecies and tongues and interpretation of tongues and words of knowledge and all that stuff, which is certainly part of it. But it's it's also boldness. It's also uh, a. a, a more dynamic and close relationship with God where he's flowing through you. It's more of him and it's less of you.
0: And, you know, I think even on a practical, you know, level, like the Holy Spirit is so key, like we talked about earlier, where, you know, God really empowers you to be able to do this work. Uh, but I would also say that you know, God using you isn't just when you're in front of a pulpit. And I think that that's an idea that we all have. Yeah. Um, Because I know that even when growing up in church, you know, serving is when you're, you know, put into a position of some sort, like Sunday school or this or that or whatever. I'm serving where serving is actually the position that should be our lives, that we are servants to others. Yes. And I think that when that realization comes that we're servants to others and that our lives, and I I spoke briefly about in the last podcast, that your life might be the only Bible an unbeliever ever reads. Mm -hmm. And just knowing that, you know, you got to ask yourself, does my life, does my speech, does my action, does it reflect Jesus? And so when you talk even like with families, you know, does my family see Jesus in me? That to me is the greatest sermon you can ever preach. Your life is the greatest sermon you can ever preach. How did I live it? How do I serve? How do I treat others? How do I love others? How do I bring others to know Jesus through who I am?
1: How do I restrain my tongue? Yeah. Or my fingers when I'm typing? Oh, yeah. Things. Oh, I I I see. I see. I see what goes on in social media. The Bible says that you'll be responsible and accountable for every word, every every word that you say. Yeah. That includes what you type.
0: Yeah. So (laughs) that's saying a lot. But we you know, all those things in the tongue is the power of life and death. And I've always seen that verse very. Harsh. To really think about what is everything, what am I saying? Am I giving life to a person or am I bringing death to a person? And the way I always bring it back is to remember there's words that have been said to us that have scarred us till this day. That maybe have been told to us years past. Yeah. But they still live with us today. They still um, create maybe even insecurities in our lives. And to know that we have that same power over another person and we can bring that same insecurity, that same fear, whatever it is, to another person just has you carry your, your words with so much more responsibility mm-hmm. of what we say. And so when we talk about how can I, you know, can God more effectively use my life? well, will allow him to use your life through what you say and what you do and realize that that doesn't just come um, when you have a title. The platform is never the goal. Jesus is the goal. The platform is never what we're going after. And I think that we're stuck in a culture right now where it's like, God, what is my calling? What is my calling? What is my calling? I think our highest calling is to love Jesus.
1: Yeah, to (laughs) love Jesus and to become more like him.
0: Yeah, our highest calling is that. And in knowing him and stepping into this relationship with him, He's going to make everything from there all the more clear. Mm -hmm. But sometimes we feel like I need a reason to even start. (laughs) Our reason is Jesus. (laughs) What
1: more reason do you need than he saved you from your sins? There we go. What more reason is there?
0: There's nothing else. And that's the starting point to start off on. I think for me, even personally, as I stepped into what I do, there was about maybe two years where I didn't know that I was, you know, this was even an option. For me, it was just, people don't know Jesus. I know Jesus. I should go to the school parking lot. I should go to the student drop-off center and talk to people. And as I was doing that, I would even, you know, take time where I've been in church my whole life, but at 19, it was, it's kind of like the Bible opened up to me. And like you said, that's something that the Holy Spirit does start revealing to you scripture. Mm-hmm. But there's began to be this hunger and desire to know God, to walk with God. And in knowing him, because I started being more exposed to his love and like, it was just like this has existed this whole time, hmm. and I didn't know it. I want other people to know about it. It comes this contagious thing of you can't hold to yourself the love that God gives, right, yeah, very good. Let's ask another question right here, guys, okay, How do you know that the Holy Spirit speaks to you? He says, I suppose a strong connection is essential.
1: hmm Oh, we could talk a long time about that one. <laughs> <coughs> How do I how do you know? See my jack in the box cup here. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you know that it's that the Holy Spirit speaks to you? i I'll tell you the very first time the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I was 10 years old. I was in uh I was in my bedroom. I was doing Saturday morning chores. I was I was I was vacuuming my bedroom. I remember I was trying to get down where, where your feet are. And so I was kneeling on the bed and I was kind of doing the around where my feet were. And all of a sudden I wasn't praying. I wasn't asking. I wasn't looking for it. And all of a sudden these words came in my spirit. I did not hear them with my physical ears. I did not think them up because I wasn't thinking anything of the sort at the moment. Uh, but the, the words jumped into my spirit Get baptized. That was it. Just two words. Get baptized. And and I remember as I was vacuuming my bedroom at 10 years old, it was, it was all of a sudden it's like <gasps> God just spoke to me. Nobody had to convince me. Nobody had to uh, to explain it to me. I knew. The Bible says, or I'm sorry, Jesus says in, in the book of John he says, my sheep know my voice. I have found that God speaks to people individually and he individualizes the way he speaks to people. The way he speaks to me may not be the way he speaks to you. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't always talk to my children the same because my children have different personalities. And so one thing that I know one of my sons likes I know that the other one may not like, and so I talk to him about one thing, and I talk to the other son about another thing. But I individualize it, and the Lord individualizes it. Some people He talks through through dreams a lot. He's given me many dreams, but I've not had a dream from the Lord for quite some time. But He's but that doesn't mean He's not talking to me. Yeah. He He talks to me. Um, uh, so how do you how do you know it's the Lord? Um. Gosh, we could talk a long time about that. Let me just say it this way. Jesus says, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. And so if you ask the Lord for bread, he's not going to chuck a rock at you. If you ask him for an egg, he's not going to give you a scorpion. So ask the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm not sure what your voice sounds like, but I want to know. I want to have a, a, a relationship of communication with you. I want to know you better. Would you please talk to me? I'll tell you what. God will take you up on that. He will talk to you. He wants to talk to you. All you need to do is say, Lord, I'm listening, and then wait for him.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, even when you're saying that in how God can speak in so many different ways, uh, one thing that I've always kept in mind as we're pursuing, you know, I think sometimes we want like this audible voice of God, like just to hit us from heaven. it make it a lot easier. Yeah, give me that vision. Give me this. <laughs> but sometimes it takes time where you're sitting with your Bible. You know, when, and the thing is God speaks now, it's not just, you know, when a random prophet decides to talk to me on the street, like, can God do that? Of course. Can God speak through dreams? Of course. Can God speak through visions? Of course. But can God speak through his word? Definitely.
1: That's probably the primary way he speaks.
0: And that for me is kind of the meter. Like even when I have dreams or anything like that, it's okay, God, if your word reflects this, you know, that's kind of like my, my meter, because I'm not be saying stuff to myself, but, you know, even in my own thoughts. But when you go to God's word, it is God's words. And when you said, if you seek me, you will find me. If you call to me, I will answer. Come to God. Whenever you open up your word, I genuinely have this prayer before I go. God, speak to me, even if it's something I don't want to hear. Because sometimes, well, most of the Bible is stuff that we don't want to (laughs) hear. And it's this correction and all these things coming upon you. So also welcome God in as you're studying in your word. And maybe one of your questions is, you know, I don't understand the Bible. Because that's something that a lot of people ask and people are asking right now. What do I do when I don't understand the Bible? How do I, you know, get into it? and i have my my own reasoning that i've given on past on past you know lives but mm-hmm. maybe that's a question that you would like to dig into how do i understand the bible
1: how do i understand the bible so are we done with how do i know the holy spirit's talking to me
0: yeah i guess that, that's what they've been asking so far or i don't know if you have anything to dig into the holy spirit
1: uh I mean, there's so much <laughs> I, I, I feel like that if we just did it in five minutes, it wouldn't it wouldn't oh, quite no. do it justice. And maybe we should do a whole podcast on just the how Spirit. do I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Uh, which would be a very, very worthy subject. Yeah. Um,
0: Let us know if you guys <clears throat> want us to do that podcast, how to hear from the Holy Spirit.
1: Um. So if remind me of the question again,
0: how do you step into the word? Like, oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: How how do I understand the Bible? Yeah. First of all, actually, you can go. Uh, the site is not up yet because we're still working on getting uh, our online church uh, up and running. But it's going to be pwh.tv, and I actually have uh, a couple videos about understanding God's Word. About uh, it's very short videos, which again they're not up yet, but they will be very soon. Hopefully, in the next week or two. Um, but about knowing the story of the scripture, just, just the story from Genesis all the way through Jesus. Yeah. That helps give a context. And then knowing the main, the main point of that story gives a huge context. And maybe, maybe that could be another podcast, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've got a couple of videos that, that are going to be uh, coming out pretty soon. PWH.tv, which that site is being worked on even as we speak. Um, that uh, we talk about. Uh, I talk about the story, giving the context. And when you understand the context, you understand the reason it's things start to fall in place. They start to make sense. And, and you also have to learn that when, uh, when you sit down with the word of God, you are sitting down with the author of the Bible as well. Mm -hmm. The same Holy Spirit who wrote the scripture is the same Holy Spirit who lives in you. And you can say, Holy Spirit, Could you please help me to understand? And so don't just blow through the scriptures saying, well, I read my two or three chapters for the day and you just ran right through them and you didn't understand any of it. Well, what good did that do you You might as well have read it in Chinese? (laughs) If you didn't understand it, you didn't understand it. When you come across something you don't understand, sit down with it and, and say, God, could you please help me understand Another good, uh, very practical thing is get uh, get a study Bible. Yeah, Uh, I would recommend the Spirit Filled Life Study Bible. Great study Bible where it has commentary on the verses that can help give you some more context and bring you into some more understanding. So just you can just Google it right now or or on Amazon, the Spirit Filled Life Study Bible. I love it.
0: You know, one thing for me that really changed um, to add on. when I first started reading my Bible, I remember my professor showed me this way of like, I used to think I need to start in Genesis, right? And as soon as I started hitting the names, I was like, I don't want to do this. (laughs) It's so much, but even the genealogy, like if we talked about it, you know, says a lot. But I remember he showed me this uh, way to read through the Bible um, just to start getting yourself familiar Mm -hmm. with the language, with, you know, having a routine. And what he recommended was... And maybe this will work for you. Um, if you can give God, he said, if you can't give God one hour of sitting down, okay, give him 20 minutes mm. of nobody interrupting you. Start there. Start with 20 minutes. And you're saying, during these 20 minutes, I'm going to start reading one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And you can decide, he says, you put your, your own meter. Are you going to read a chapter a day from that, from that Gospel? Or are you going to read two chapters a day? So I remember I was like, okay, I'm going to start two chapters a day. He said, as you add on to that, Also read the proverb of the day every single day. Mm -hmm. And if you want to add on something extra to that, then read uh, a psalm a day. So now you have something that you're, you know, going through different passages in the Bible, starting to get familiar with it. He says, do this one time through without writing any notes, Mm -hmm. just simply allowing the words to permeate. Yeah, just to hit you. And then he said, as you go the second time say, I started, I started with John. I remember my first, I started with John. It's like the second one. Now look at and look now look at it verse by verse. Yeah, start seeing things that you notice. Start seeing that. And I was yeah. like, okay. All right. Just I'm making observations. Observations. Yeah. Start asking questions of the text. Absolutely. And then the third time I was like, okay, now piece it together. Start writing your own notes. And as I started doing that, I was like, I started noticing more and more and more. Yeah. And I remember the first time, I'll tell you the first time that I met uh Pastor Kyle, he gave me the homework. I think the second time that we had a meeting, he told me, read Ephesians all the way through. Yeah. actually ended up doing around you told me to read it like i don't know if it was three times three or four times three or four times and i started noticing more and the more time you spend in the bible like pastor kyle said this isn't just like to check something off your list like okay i read i read my passages for the day no it's i'm gonna interact with the word because the word is interacting with me yeah and the word is interacting with you when you look into it when you're studying it so that you know way of studying it actually changed my Bible reading time. It changed the way that I saw scripture. It changed everything for me. So if you guys want to take that on, you know, I encourage you guys and you know what became 20 minutes, then became an hour Mm -hmm. and what's an hour now. It's like, I I don't put any limits when I'm reading the Bible to God as as long as you want to take us because I'm here for it.
1: Yeah. You know, you know, when uh, something I'm actually doing this year that I've never done before and I've actually quite enjoyed it. My, I want to go through the Bible two times this year. Now it's January today's the twenty seventh of January, twenty twenty one. And I am already twenty eighth. Yeah. Oh <laughs> January twenty eighth, twenty twenty one. And I'm already through the book of Esther. Um it's like, wow, you read a lot every day. Actually, um <laughs> what I've been doing is I've been listening to it. I just go on YouTube. Yeah. And and I love the New Living Translation dramatized version. <laughs> And so it, it gives, I've never gone through the Bible like that. I've always just read through and I've read through the Bible many times, but I've never just listened through it. Yeah. And so I've been working, uh, working at the church, just doing stuff, or I'll go on a walk or a bike ride or in the car as I'm driving places and I'll just put it on. I don't listen to the radio, won't listen to music. I'll just put on the Bible. And you know, you, you drive an hour one way and an hour back, you, you've just read the Bible for two hours that day. Yeah. and you just listen to the story, and and just listening to it almost uninterrupted.
0: How does the dramatized one go? <laughs>
1: <laughs> some of them are funny. Some of them they sound kind of. Some of them sound a little bit bitter. They're like, <laughs> they're like, where there's this one story where um, twins were being born. It's not Esau and Jacob, it's other twins, and they put a red a red thread around the first one to make sure that they recognized the born. Then he went back in the womb. The other one was born first. And he said. And and like the midwife who put it, the dramatized version goes something like, We'll put a red one around your wrist because you were born first. And it's like, Oh my gosh. Did it really need to be <laughs> said like with, that. with that much bitterness <laughs> of soul?
0: <laughs> I think that means that we need a, our own audio Bibles, Pastor Kyle. Oh,
1: well. we never know. It doesn't take a long time to put together.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, let's see. I'm just looking for one of your questions guys right here. Do you think it's wrong for people to not believe in God? Yes.
1: Uh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what's behind that question. Um is I uh, it it kind of seems to me and and I I might be wrong uh, about this, but it seems to me that that question is Kind of has behind it. Uh, well, your truth may not be my truth. Yeah, and and uh, it's it's all relative. Um, you do you, and I'll do me. And Proverbs three nineteen says, "By wisdom and understanding, God founded the earth, the heavens and the earth." So we know that God made the heavens and the earth. that's Genesis one one, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But Uh, Proverbs 3.19 says he he didn't just um, create and then step away from his creation. He made by wisdom and understanding not just life, but the way life is to be lived on this earth. If God is the creator, then God is also the sustainer. And if God is creator and sustainer, then there must be a... um, a way of life that would either please or displease him. And so truth is not relative. Your truth, uh, this is one of the the maybe culturally accepted axioms of the day yeah. that, that uh, you do you, I'll do me, your truth is your truth, my truth is my truth. Yeah. That is, ab- there's absolutely nothing in the Bible that even approximates something like that.
0: And even I think even when people talk about that, how offended people become when you want to bring
1: I'll tell you truth what
0: into a the
1: cross is an offensive message. Yeah, it is an offensive message because it because it challenges you at the point of your own pride. It challenges you at the point of your own sin, and and especially if you come with a worldview saying, "Well, I don't think what I do is sin." See, when you read something in the Bible and it and and it it like they say in Spanish te choca, mm-hmm. right? It it just it it clashes against you. You need to assume that you are wrong and God's word is right. Mm. And you know, I've said it on this podcast before and you and I have talked uh, about this on many occasions that we cannot come to the word of God and twist it twist it to fit our life. We come to the word of God and we let it untwist us so that we fit it. Yeah. And so the question, is it wrong for somebody not to believe in God? Listen, you can believe whatever you want, but your belief does not change truth. Your belief does not change God's word and it does not change God's standard.
0: I think even what you said right there leans perfectly into the next topic that people have been asking about progressive Christianity.
1: Oh my Lord.
0: How do we, you know, cause that's something that's talked heavily about on social media. There's more and more progressive, you know, Christians out there. If you can even call yourself a Christian at that point in progressive Christianity, what is your take on that? Cause that has a lot to do with, you know, twisting scripture or taking scripture how you want um, what would you say to those that are asking about progressive Christianity?
1: I think that would be a great, <clears throat> a great topic for an entire podcast in and of itself. Yeah. Let's remember that and let's yeah. get that one done. Uh, again, that would be a very uh, interesting, long topic. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I can fully do it justice in, in just a couple minutes here. But I'll tell you what, woke Christianity is false doctrine. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say that right there. Woke Christianity embraces sin. It embraces worldviews that are completely anti-biblical. It it, it embraces the the worldview of uh, of homosexuality, of abortion. It somehow justifies all of these things. Um, and uh, I, I'm sorry, I I was I'm not completely prepared in this moment to give a full defense or yeah. a full thesis. I didn't know that question was going to be asked, but but I would like to address that more fully in another podcast. And, yeah. and let's converse about yeah, that. Both
0: of us. I think that just the more that I've seen it popping up, it's a question that people actually have, because I think there's, there's there's a lot of people wanting to convince people. No, this is right. Like this is yeah. this is true. This and, is how you can fit Christianity into your
1: life. Yeah, yeah. Christianity was not made to be fit into your life. Your life is to be completely undone to fit into what God says. Wow. And the more you read the Bible, not only just read the Bible, but the more time you spend in God's presence, the closer you, uh, you know the Lord on a personal, intimate level, the more clearly you see the world around you. Um, I actually have a a, I've written several books. One of them is called Let There Be Light. Um, And and I'm not I'm not doing this to sell a book. That's not I'm not about that. But the Lord has had me write several books. You can find it on Amazon. It's called Let There Be Light by Kyle W. Bauer. And I talk about how the God's word is light. And one of the things it says in the book of Isaiah, it says, Woe to you who walk by the light of your own fire. You will end in destruction. Mm. And if you know anything about the science of light, light, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the science of color. Color is, nothing is innately infused with color. Color comes from white light. White light contains the entire spectrum. And so when, so there are pigmentations on your clothes, on your face, on even the big orange sign behind us. See, that orange sign, this is not orange. The light that is bouncing off of it, I'm, I'm sorry, the, 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 um, uh, the sign is absorbing every other color of the spectrum except for that color of orange. Okay, that's how color works. And so if you turn off, if something had, uh, move it more that way, if something had color within itself, then when you turn the light on, you should be able to see color still. But the fact is, when you turn lights off, colors go out. Okay, so that's how color works. So how is it when when you see something, we see the same issue. Take the issue of homosexuality. We see it by different, if you see it by different light, you're going to get a different result. For instance, and you can do this at home, <clears throat> go into a dark room and bring a red light and then bring something blue or something green. When you turn off all the lights and you just turn on a red light, the, all blues and greens will become gray and black. There is no blue in red light. But if, as soon as you turn on the white light, it becomes clear, this is green, this is blue. C.S. Lewis says, said this, uh, if you're not familiar with C.S. Lewis, you need to become familiar with C.S. Lewis, one of the greatest theologians of last century. He said, I believe in Christianity like I believe the sun has risen, not because I see it, but because by it I see everything. Mm. In other words, God's light doesn't just uh it 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 doesn't just shine it defines things and so people who look at an issue like abortion or look uh, uh at homosexuality or transgender or 68 different types of genders listen god created two genders and that's it that's it yeah But how can you shine? How can you look at an issue and people around you define it so differently? It's because they are looking at it from a different source of light. It's like they're shining just a red light on it. And they don't see all the color of the spectrum. When you shine the light of God's word on it, it gives the full color of the full spectrum of the meaning of everything behind it. And so you let God's word begin to define everything around you and you will see it with the clarity with which God made it and not by the light of your own fire.
0: It's like what you said earlier really keys into that, that when you come to the Word, you assume that you're wrong. That's right. <laughs> if God's truth is saying something else, we assume that we're wrong and we go from from there.
1: And and that's... that's uh, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> that's okay.
0: <laughs> I think we have time for one more question, Pashakal. Hit one more.
1: Yeah. What shall it be?
0: Let's see right here. So there's one. Okay, I guess this one would be a good one to start with um, since we're talking about the Bible. All right. Um, best way to study the Old Testament.
1: Hmm. Best way to study the Old Testament. First of all, read it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> First of all, read it. Again, there's study Bibles that can help you. Um, you know, there's books out there that just, you know, a journey through the Old Testament or something like that. Um, I don't really think about this question very yeah. much because I've had a lot of, I, I mean, I grew up reading the Bible. I grew up in church. I, I've taken lots of years of Bible college and yeah. I've been a pastor for lots of years. So, I mean, I know the story of the Old Testament very well. Yeah. But how, how do you first read it, read it actually, uh, pwh.tv. Mm-hmm. I have a video about that very thing Yeah. about a, a, a concise mm-hmm. run through of the Old Testament. Uh, again, it's not up at this as of this moment, but in a few weeks it will be.
0: Hopefully, by the time that this podcast, you know, yeah, by the hearing. time
1: by the time this podcast makes it to the internet, yeah, uh, pwh.tv should be up and running. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think we have a lot of questions, Pastor Cabo. I think let us know if you would want us to do a part two of these live podcasts, which I've really enjoyed just hearing what other people have to say. Um, so many questions out there, so many to say, but I think the consensus, consensus of. What we talked about today is God's word is truth, and we go from there, to be honest. With everything that's going on in the world, we have to be led by the Holy Spirit and allow him to lead us in the word and to lead us to all truth. So I don't know if you want to close this out in prayer right now, Pastor Cow, and then we
1: can go from there. Jesus said that he is the way and the truth and the life, and nobody comes to God the Father except through him. That is ultimate truth right there. And it is eternal truth. And if you embrace anything other than that, then you're, you're walking a road of, of ultimate destruction. There's got to be somebody watching right now who has never asked Jesus into their heart. Uh, some Somebody listening right now. And I want to extend that invitation to you. Jesus loves you. Jesus is not angry. God is not is not angry, just waiting to pound you into the ground. A lot of people have that misconception about God that, you know, it's it's turn or burn, or if you if you don't accept what God's saying, then he's just gonna pound you into the ground. And that is the furthest thing from the truth. God is a good, good father, and he loves you so much that he gave his absolute best for you. He became flesh and he took on all of our sins. And he paid the death penalty for our sins so that we could have his life. If that's not a good God, then I don't know what is. He did everything possible, everything necessary so that you could have his life. And it's so easy to receive that life right now. All you need to do is say yes to him. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. And it requires us to just repent from our sins. Jesus did all the rest of the work. If that's you to this, this uh, whenever you're watching this right now, if you're on with us live, I'm going to invite you to pray that prayer with me and then just say, Pastor, I want Jesus. Je- Pastor, I'm receiving Jesus right now. So Lord, I'm Just repeat with me, Lord, I believe that you died on the cross and you rose again from the dead so that I could have life. I invite you into my life as my Lord and Savior. And I ask that you fill me with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I say I'm sorry for my sins. And I choose to repent from my sins and embrace you and embrace the truth of who you are and live in a way that pleases you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me live for you all the days of my life. And if there's anything in my heart that I am unsure of, I ask that you would help me to be sure of it, that you would give me that confidence and that understanding. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for joining in with us. We're going to do this a lot more, and we will see you next time.
0: Bye, guys.